Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody it has been three years uh it's been a crazy uh year three honestly uh so real quickly we're gonna you're gonna hear a lot of your favorite clips uh there should be a lot of laughs but i I think that there's a few things that have never really gotten talked about on the show and i'm going to briefly address them in the most like simple way uh so as you guys know at the start of this year uh Adam and us kind of went our separate ways and you know you see him post in the Facebook page we're still on good terms with him it's just it was the best decision for us as a whole uh and because of that this is a weird best of because there isn't really a lot of a coherent three-person team it's a lot of Scott and I with different guests uh so what we wanted to do was kind of do instead of our normal thing where it's just a bunch of clips we're going to kind of pop in throughout this best of and talk about the different people that were guests on the show and and answer a couple questions that you guys had submitted but i also noticed that a lot of people don't know this so i wanted to address this right up front was that someone had asked um are we going to keep having guest hosts so for those of you who don't know my brother brian is now an official third member uh he is he is the third co-host and for the time being we're just going to stick with the three of us for a while uh because from a behind-the-scenes standpoint, editing with a fourth person is very, very difficult for me. And also, it's a real, like, crapshoot on how the show goes because sometimes it throws off the flow. Uh, so until we have our general three-man team flow perfected, it's going to be a bit before you see any more guest hosts. That being said, I mean, the the offer is always out there to pretty much anybody who had guessed it on the show to help us while we were trying to find uh, a permanent third, because we love, I mean, we have nothing but love for Katie and Berger and Steven and Dylan and uh, Kyle. Like they're all great dudes and they're all, they're all people who are working on different projects. So there's always going to be a time where they need to promote something and we will have them on the show. But 
now that that's all out of the way, holy shit, guys, it's been three fucking years of horror movie night. Oh, my God. I can't <laughs> believe it. I, I think about my life, and I think about my legacy, and I think horror movie night's my fucking legacy, and that is... <laughs> depressing as shit <laughs> no i love what we do and and i've also been i've been with matt on this journey for almost seven years so um because we did this on reddit for at least three like years four. yeah three or four years um before we um got our big break and went over to soundcloud um and became horror movie night and um you know i i, I want to say something about podcasting because it's very fucking trendy to be a podcaster right now and um that's great i want people to be creative and i want people to do what their passion is but i find that listening to yourself talk is a very hard it's a hard thing to be humble about you know um, and, and Simon had asked a question about like, is it just me or is on the Facebook group? He had asked a question like, is, is it me or is Scott hogging the mic a lot? Um, I find myself doing that a lot because I get into, I want to tell so many funny things or I, or things I think are funny, or I want to point I, out this, that, and the other thing. And it's, I want to clarify. It was actually Jason. Oh, it was Jason. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess that, uh, Simon asked something else. Um, <laughs> I think but, he was uh, making a joke about how many podcasts I have because he said, "Is Scott hugging the mic, or is Matt just busy recording other shows during the podcast?" Well, and I so, didn't take it personally, but I did want to. It's something that I struggle with with our podcast because I I, I have a lot of things that I want to say, and I overtalk sometimes. It's it's actually something that I do in real life too. Um, but I I just I brought it up because I've been podcasting with you. For almost seven years and I am still not very confident in my abilities as a podcaster because it is a skill it is a learned ability and so when we have guests on sometimes it doesn't always work because some people are better at the medium than others it's just like yeah. when you listen to interviews with celebrities some celebrities cannot fucking interview to save their lives and some are very good at it so I, I think that you know with and, and with anything in life the more you do something and the more you internalize the the process and become better at them, the, the, the more likely you are to succeed in what you're doing. So in the three years, just as horror movie night, I can go back and listen to episode one wolf cop. And I think that I have gotten much better because I've worked at it. And yeah. I think that we were very lucky, especially with like having burger on because burger is very dry and very funny um, in a very specific way. You know, like I would have been fine with any of any of our guests. You know, I love Katie and she comes on for all the in theaters now that she can. And, you know, I love Dylan. He's a great dude. And I really love Kyle. Kyle's so busy, like in particular. And like I listen to Steven's podcast all the time. So like of all the people that came on multiple times, I feel like everybody had their strengths and they're all good at what they do. I feel like we were very lucky to have. I mean, there was no crash and burn. There was a point where behind the scenes, Scott and I actually discussed, do you think we could do it with four people? Because we had so many good options, yeah. but it just was like, it's t like, as I was editing episodes with four people and I'm like, I can't like, it, it adds like two extra hours to the editing process. I was just like, I can't 
do it. Like, yeah, um, and it's just it's a mess. Like, uh, it's just yeah. it's hard to get through. It's very we're already so easily distracted that I can't imagine <laughs> another person distracting us. But but I think another thing to address with that, and this will dive into some of these clips, is we tried something new and it didn't work, so we stopped pretty early on. But for the first maybe six or seven episodes of this year, the idea was whoever picked the movie takes the lead as far as like driving the episode and walking <laughs> us through the plot. <laughs> And it, it 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 it's not because like a it just wasn't a thing that Scott was particularly good at, but it was also because you know I've been podcasting since two thousand five, and yeah. currently I'm juggling four other shows. So like I've just got the experience of how to keep a thing on track and like yeah, how to pace I, things. I'm terrible at it. Yeah, and it's it's stuff where it, it's funny because you pick up little things like because I do all of the editing. I've realized that I get very good at pacing myself and taking long pauses because I know I can fix the pauses mm-hmm. where Scott and Brian still tend to like talk really quickly. So if you notice that I don't say, um, as much as Scott or Brian, it's all, I actually say it more than anybody, but I <laughs> recognize do. when I say it and then I stop. So I know I can put an edit there, but they kind of just bleed the, um, into their thoughts. So they'll be like, <laughs> well, uh, it was really good. <laughs> To our credit, you've gotten better at ums, I've gotten better at like, because the problem with yours is that you say like and laugh, and you got to keep the laugh. <laughs> yeah. You I've, been, the I've, been cutting, I've been cutting the laugh a lot lately, which is nice, because oh. usually I'm laughing at my own joke anyway, but... <laughs> well, when I you're podcasting, that's um. the whole point. Yeah. I always <laughs> say um, because I always question whether I should speak or not. It's very... I, I, try to, I try to keep myself in the cage, because I actually am the most narcissistic person if i'm on social media whether it's facebook or instagram i'm on my page uh looking at my pictures and (laughs) chuckling at my own statuses so when i do talk it's like um is this just a is this just a like a funny thing to put in the show is this a classic brian me 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 so i have to really um it before you know in misery when kathy bates is like if you can't be good company for yourself you're not gonna be good company for anybody else that's yes. that's the that's words to live by, Brian. There you go. That's I say that to Megan, and she tells and me to shut the fuck up sometimes. I do appreciate that you compare me to a person that represents cocaine, because let's talk about 2010. <laughs> <laughs> All, right. All right, so let's talk about these these best of clips. So I, I wanted to start off uh, with just a few um, clips of Burger. Burger was the first person to really step up and and jump in. Um, even before we needed a, a new permanent co-host, he had appeared on the, the Howling 2 episode. Uh, he helped us out with Bloody New Year, which made what was kind of a garbage movie into a way better movie than it, like a better episode than it probably should have been. Uh, so, like, I want to play a couple clips of that. Um, Brian, you've never actually met Berger, but Scott and I have talked to him multiple times. And he is, I mean, he inspired our, our one of our more recent shirts. <laughs> by his sense of humor so weird like, howling <laughs> so we've got we've got some weird howling clips here for you we've got some bloody new year clips for you uh i think that's all that we've got on the docket from from his appearances on the show but so let's let's uh let's listen to some of those let's discuss a really bad werewolf movie <laughs> yeah can we just right off the bat say this that jason bateman is no michael j fox can we just say that <laughs> 
I mean, I get how being a werewolf would really help with basketball, but uh, boxing, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> oh, no, he watched the wrong film. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That okay. Ongo Bongo ripoff. Yeah, that song plays so many times uh, throughout the movie, and I never get sick of it. Like, if you cut the song out of the movie, the movie's less than an hour long, I'm pretty sure, because <laughs> they... <laughs> yeah, in my notes, I wrote the song was called Weird Howling. <laughs> Um, Weird howling. <laughs> my transformation is in real. <laughs> oh my god! My transformation. Cover that. I need to make it real. And I don't know if you guys, you guys delve into like no budget cinema. I, it's pretty tough to call no budget stuff cinema, actually. Do <laughs> you guys delve into any of that whatsoever? Uh, I mean, I prefer I prefer the stuff that they drop a lot of money on and is garbage, (laughs) kind of like the movie that we watched this week. (laughs) Right, right, right. right. Um, So there is a filmmaker I think from Michigan. His name is Bill Z. Bub. Have you you guys heard of this guy? Jesus Christ! (laughs) Yeah, Bill Z. Bub. I, I. I, he has a pretty large filmography if you look him up on Amazon. I've only seen one of his movies I just watched recently uh, by the title Ant Farm Dickhole. Um, so to let that title wash over you, uh, <laughs> it, it could be a future episode. I, I might have to write uh, into your no. mailbag <laughs> no. to make this happen. Um, so here's the premise. A guy who's been bullied his entire life, and now he is in his 30s, and bullies still like pick on him. Um, he gets beat up in the woods, and while he's unconscious, an ant colony uh, takes refuge inside his exposed penis. Um, and at that point, he realizes that there's a codependency going on. So anytime the bullies pick on him, he essentially whips out his dick, and the ants attack the bullies. That's oh, the movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> ant farm dick There you go. You know, I, as as bad and in poor taste as this concept is, I kind of want to see how they attack the bullies. Uh, I'm not going to, you know what? You're probably going to be disappointed. (laughs) Uh, But then they get dressed up into these fifties outfits that they find. And the one girl turns to her boyfriend and is like, are my seams straight? And I honestly was aroused by that. Um, the, the, I don't, I don't know what it is, but that question is so hot. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't have like a fetish for, uh, like, uh, leggings or tights or, you know, like what, or, or pantyhose or anything like that. Like that is a legit stocking fetish, but, um, I don't have that fetish, but man, the line on old school stockings is just sexy. So there Are you, you have sure it. Sure, you don't have that fetish. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't like. <laughs> I don't. I don't seek out photographs of men finishing themselves on women's stockings. So no, I wouldn't I'm say just, that I have that fetish. I'm just saying the amount of times you said I don't have this fetish <laughs> is kind of is kind of like the amount of times <laughs> that my that my grandfather started a racist joke with. I'm not racist, but. <laughs> like, like, I'm not a I'm not a, a stocking fetishist, 
but I jerk off to stocking. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically what just happened on this show. And you can no, hear you, you literally said, I don't have a stocking fetish, but I was hard during this. <laughs> I didn't say hard. I yes, might, you did. My, yes, my, you I got I got emotionally aroused. Oh, I wasn't like chubbed, you know, like come you on. You got now. a brain boner then. So, yes, yeah. I had a heart on. I'm just saying <laughs> I think I think this movie awakened something in you, Scott. <laughs> It wouldn't be the first horror movie night pick to make me question things about myself that I thought I had pushed deep, deep down. Um, so that is like high art, high classy film. And from that, I'm going to dive into Ant Farm Dickhole again. <laughs> yes, I was waiting. <laughs> so from Night of the Hunter to Ant Farm Dickhole, um, I'm just going to keep mentioning this movie, I think, until it actually shows up on this show. I, wait, um, so have you watched it yet? Or? So I want to say something to you, Brian, because <laughs> I was I was editing the previous episode that Ant Farm Dickhole came up on, and right. I got to double check this, but I looked up the cover out of curiosity. Yeah, the guy right. on the cover looks like you. <laughs> like... <laughs> Really? And that concerns I, me. I guess. I guess. <laughs> so, uh, well, to recap. Hey, so, you know, maybe my stocking fetish isn't so weird now, is it? Uh, also, Ryan. whenever you search Ant Farm Dickhole, you also get Dick Shark that comes up in the searches <laughs> uh, with the plot line. Huh. In this story, the girls are the one who say, don't use the teeth. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's right. <laughs> I, it actually might be the same filmmaker. Actually, uh, also I'm, that pops up Frankenstein sure the Rapist limited edition release. So <laughs> why, why? And, some, uh, juicy picks them. And wow. also Return to Blood Fart Lake. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm opening a door to a whole type of movie you guys were completely unaware of. So no. Um, no. So just to recap the premise real quick. Um, there is a nerd who is bullied and he gets beat up in the woods one day. And while unconscious after being beat up, uh, an ant colony decides to take refuge in his penis. Um, they develop a symbiote relationship. Now, anytime the bullies pick on him, the ants now have to defend their home. And, uh, that is essentially the setup to ant farm dickhole. It is horribly executed. It is no budget. Um, but man, that title, you, it's just fantastic. This man has made 53 films in 10 years. Yes. That man is director Bill Z. Bub. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then really the, the other person who showed up on this show an insane amount of times was Kyle. We've got, yeah, like we've got so many episodes with Kyle. Uh, so, I mean, he popped on for the Wraith. He popped on for American Gothic. Uh, he popped on for, I think he was on our Death Spa episode. Yep. Uh, he was just everywhere on, on the show. This uh, He was on Bad, uh, Bad Moon. Like, he, I felt bad because we were looking at the numbers one time, and, you know, Scott was like, well, you know, the episodes that Kyle's on do bring in a lot a lot of listens compared to to B Kells. And I'm like, yeah, but we made B Kell watch the most obscure garbage. <laughs> like, like Kyle got on all of these noteworthy cult classic movies, and then Brian was like, Hey, do you want to talk about bugged? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a sad realization when I realized that uh I got picked because it's like, all right, we gotta record like three 
movies a week and who has nothing on their plate that can watch three dog shit movies and record <laughs> brian kelly he's not doing any other side projects or anything he's just existing <laughs> but hey um, we're glad that you are <laughs> so, so here's so here's a couple clips of of what we would refer to i guess as the best of the best of kyle uh or the best of the episodes of kyle was on and, and the only thing i i want to say briefly about clint howard before i forget because i didn't write it down um, but I do know that he explained what a wraith was. So I want Clint Howard's role in every movie um, to be him shouting the movie's title and then explaining <laughs> what it means. So he's like, yeah, it's a wraith, a phantom, a spirit. Like, he's, I just want him to be like, oh, ticks. Like, yeah, they're like insects, but they like suck blood. No, 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 no. Some kind of Lyme disease. I don't know. This is, this is, the, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get a huge following our our gigantic following on Facebook mm-hmm. to push a petition to get Clint Howard in Suicide Squad two so that he can be like So you're saying it's some kind of suicide squad <laughs> Like they're a group willing to kill themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll write it. Nobody has to write yeah, it. We can do no, it. No, we can actually put it into the the um that Google AI and we can have it write it. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll so do here's a better what we job do instead of doing the online petition film. is because I feel like you know the three of us probably have enough money in our pockets right now to pay for Clint Howard for a couple hours. Is we just <laughs> we just hire Clint Howard for like three hours and we just look on IMDb for like every film that's coming out in the next year and just have him do that for every film and then we contact the directors and be like, have we got a surprise <laughs> oh for you? We've we've shot a scene of your movie for you. Here you go. You're welcome. It's like a it's like a weird Kickstarter perk that they never asked for in any of their movies. <laughs> you know, we've talked a lot about getting John Hamm involved with our movie ideas, but this blows that out of the water. Oh, dude, God bless it. It's way more believable too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's also more likely to happen. So the end of this movie is that Carrie. Fon- that, that um. Sorry, I'm just. I'm- I'm thinking about all the movies that we can do, and I'm just getting. It's just like, so you're willing to do this for all of the money in the world? That's all of it. Like, <laughs> that movie that you watched a couple weeks ago? That it was something about billboards. Oh, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine? So you're telling me she bought three billboards? <laughs> Out of what's the next Wes Anderson movie? Wes Anderson movie that's coming out, dude. Island of Dogs, which looks fucking great. Like, oh, so, uh, so you're talking about <laughs> land surrounded by water, <laughs> so it's like an island of dogs. I don't even sound like Clint Howard, but you know, it's just, no, it's fine. We got it. I'm imagining it, yeah. So wait, they sing in pitch perfect tones and they've done us three times now? <laughs> Welcome to the Death Spa. That's where we're hanging out. We're going to get all swell. We're going to get our pet juices pumping. It's me, your host, Matt, joined by his ever co-host, Scott. And we're joined by a guest from last week, our bro, Kyle. Yeah. Yo, Kyle, how much can you lift, bro? Uh, five, how much can you lift? Like five pounds on either hand, so ten altogether. <laughs> oh, man, that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. All right, well... Let's talk about Despa. Let's try not to get killed. It's all, we got top-notch security system. Don't you worry, we're good. And her son, Brett, finds a book about werewolves while he's just like snooping around the house. Classic kid finding book. (laughs)
Yeah. Yeah. Can we, well, Kyle, can you find me a copy of Lore of the Werewolf with all those sweet ass Look, Kyle can because... find you damn near anything because I just opened my mail and I have a copy <laughs> of the uh, Kroll novelization now. So, oh, <laughs> man. I can definitely, I can definitely track some weird, weird werewolf shit. I can't find one with with i can't find one that cool but yeah, well i can find what the re- good are you find for? paper i can find the uh the paperback airport edition of that <laughs> if that's, hel- if that's helpful just imagine you. like sitting in, in in like baggage claim and and some dude's like just got his leg his legs crossed sitting on the conveyor belt waiting for his bag reading fucking Laura the <laughs> werewolf like paperback edition uh, jesus yeah and you just start checking to make sure that it's not midnight and a full moon you're like uh, it doesn't have to be a full moon that's what this oh yeah i guess if you're in bad mood it doesn't have to be yeah which i think is kind of stupid because like so he turns into a werewolf every night and terrorizes people no wonder it's wearing thin on his goddamn conscience. <laughs> no yeah, but but barely. Like, okay, so yeah. he's been back for two months from the Amazon. That's what oh, he two says. Two months when, is a long time, yeah. yeah he's he's turned into a werewolf 60 yeah. times. <laughs> Which means he's getting no Killed sleep. Like, like he's, there's never a moment of actual rest. Well, okay, so that wasn't where they had their honeymoon, but like that was just where they got stuck. Yeah. Oh, true, 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 true. But they weren't going to fly that little puddle jumper all the way to whatever like tropical <laughs> island, like you know what I mean. They were going to fly six people in that. Don't let logic get in the way here. They honeymooned on Block Island, and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, dude!" I guess this. So like, sometimes movie horror movies are supposed to like warn you about like picking up hitchhikers or whatever and this movie is to warn you to never listen to your asshole friend who's like, "I got a pilot's license, I can get us there." <laughs> 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 All right, so let's address a couple questions here. So we talked about two of the ones that Jason asked. Uh, he also asked us, with the success of It, uh, if Hollywood was about to remake Monster Squad, who would you cast, kids or monsters, your choice? Uh, so I've had two ideas for how I would remake Monster Squad. Uh, the one would be to hire the team that did Paranorman and do it as like a claymation movie, because I think that it could actually really work cool as a claymation movie. Uh, and the other one would be to remake it, but replace all of the Universal monsters with like Freddy, Jason, Michael, My- like the 80s monsters instead of the 50s monsters. But I, I feel like it wouldn't work. I feel like that wouldn't work nearly as well as the claymation thing. No, no, I, I, I have to agree on that. But also, I, you know me, I'm a sucker for like the classic Universals. And I think that you are, too, just from our grandfather. Yeah. Um. I would love separately, I mean, I would love separately to have a full-on fucking uh, orgasm of fucking 80 slashers, 70s and 80s slashers in one movie, just not a Monster Squad movie. Uh, well, my my answer to that question is no, but if I had to, if they were like, do this or we chop off your ding-dong, um, I would probably say... you. I would want them to keep it very faithful to the kids save the day feeling. I don't want them to like darken it up, you know? Yeah. Cause Fright Night was cool because it was darkened up when they remade it. But I just I, I want that I want that feeling of childish. It needs to still be a kids in, movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it needs to be a kids movie where they can say fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a hard R kids movie would be the way to go. Um and I would want them. To, I would want them to keep it 
Well, no, you know what they should do is they should make it where it's obscure eighties monsters, not like Freddy and Jason, but it should be, you know, uh, the kindred. Oh, don't tempt me. (laughs) Do not tempt me. Yeah. What if it was all just super gooey? (laughs) Like they just had gallons and gallons of hero syrup and KY just like douching these kids. And they're like, Oh, what if they had Bruce Campbell as the scary German guy. <laughs> I would love the shit out of that. What or Jeffrey that? Combs. Jeffrey Combs would be, he would be the reanimator and he would be the Dracula. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. See, the Man, toughest... I could see Jeffrey Combs holding a little girl by your face and calling her a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that, I, the main reason they couldn't remake this movie is just my mind is so uh, skewed since Stranger Things as a show that at least two of the characters from Stranger Things would have to be in the new Monster Squad movie. At least the kid from It and Dustin I would want in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah. I mean... I would want they're gra- Like I I would be okay if they literally just were like, hey, Stranger Things season three, we're just going to do Monster Squad. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, think, oh, yeah. oh my God, that would be... Okay, well, that you can just delete everything we said pre that. Like, let's just have... Man... Yeah, because we already have the sheriff dad character, more or yeah. less. We have a girl now. <laughs> she can be like Phoebe the Feed. <laughs> yeah, well, except that she's super powerful, Phoebe the Feed. Yeah. See, I wish they did that. Uh, like, they, they used to do it in the 30s, man. Um, like, fucking um, Angels with Dirty Faces and uh, Spooks. Uh, what's it? Spooks Run Wild. Like, there was uh, just like a group of kids um that were just in a bunch of movies i wish they did that with like the stranger things kids like they were just a a group of kids uh a gang of like five kids that were just they were always in a movie together playing like the same type characters that'd be so kind of like how they had like the brat pack in the 80s 80s. yeah yeah yeah. the 2000s they had the frat pack which was like i never liked the name but it was to address like the wilson brothers will ferrell uh Vince Vaughn, like oh. this group of like how there were all these middle aged actors who had like a very frat boy sense of humor that were just appearing in movies together all the time. Uh, yeah, um, but but the the thing with the uh, what the hell are those the gang of kids called? Um, the, the little, little rascals. rascals? No, no, uh, <laughs> East Side Kids. They were called the East Side Kids. Um, they were in like Spooks Run Wild, which is like a, a Bella Lugosi film, which isn't very good, but. Um, the thing is, like, they were the same characters. That was, like, the difference. It would it would still be Dustin and all them. Like, they're the same So it's basically like Abbott and Costello meet the monsters, but with, like, a group of kids meeting <laughs> different monsters each it, thing. Exactly. And the, and the only monster is Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's address another question real quick because it leads very nicely into the next collection of clips. Uh, Josh Dukes asks, I'm curious how Katie got involved with you guys for the podcasts. What's the history there? Um, <laughs> You know, we tell the full story. Uh, I would I would just say that she became a member of the Facebook page and she was posting a bunch and kind of caught all of our attention because she was making us laugh on a regular basis. Uh, and then can, can, she we started, tell, can we tell how she found out about us? <laughs> Wait, I don't remember how she found out about us. And okay, I well, ask her I'm, all I'm the telling time. you, I'm telling you, Adam was running our Twitter. He found her Twitter and he was like. She's hot. I want her to listen to my podcast. <laughs> and that's how we know Katie. 
and that's why <laughs> she takes no fucking shit, and that's why she's part of our crew. Yeah, she's and she's pretty great. She um, she basically like we asked her if she wanted to be on the episode, and. I was like nervous about it because I'm like, I don't know. Like I've never even heard her talk. So it's like, I don't know. Like she could sound real weird. She could be like really mean. She could be a brain. Like it, there was like a million ways that that could have gone badly. Just asking a random person that we knew through Twitter and Facebook to be the guest. Uh, and she killed it. And then when we had to do a quiet place, it was like, well, why, why not just, we like Katie. We don't think we could fit her into being, the regular co-host, but she's really good at these in theater nows. Let's just bring her in for those. Yeah. Um, well, it's cause those and, are also a little bit less comedy focused. They're a little bit more just blowing a really good modern horror film. And yeah. And, and she, works. and she gets to see a lot of those early enough. Cause she lives in Austin where all of those movies debut anyway. So she yep. always has cool behind the scenes information. So it just was a really good fit. So with that being said, let's, uh, let's play a little bit of, some of the best clips from the A Quiet Place discussion. Not attracted. I found that out from my girlfriend. I was so <laughs> heartbroken to find out that John Krasinski and Jason Stegall aren't like as gorgeous as I think they are. <laughs> okay, I can be John Krasinski, but not Jason Stegall. We just rewatched Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and I've seen Jason Stegall naked almost as many times as I've seen myself naked. Like, <laughs> and, and his body is not like peak physical. No, he literally looks all it, they would have made so much more money with the fucking Ghostbusters remake if the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was just naked Jason Segel <laughs> stomping around New York. <laughs> I feel like that is such a, a, a well-developed concept in your brain that you've been thinking about that for a while. <laughs> it's just a big, awkwardly shaped, pasty marshmallow of a body. Like, yeah, yeah. Like that's the hardest thing for me to like get over in forgetting Sarah Marshall is to see Jason Segel as like a sexual being. There's no way that Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis, who are both phenomenally attractive women, would be like, Did, "He's so funny. I think I'll sleep with him." So one of my um one of my friends from college works for the New York Post now. And one of her first ever jobs was she had to interview Jason Siegel for the DVD release of Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And one of her questions was, how does it feel to know that someone can look at you naked at any point that they want in their house? And his answer was, I'm just disappointed that they're not going to get the full scale of the girth on their television <laughs> screen. <laughs> I think that Jason Siegel is hilarious. Like, I don't get me wrong. Though, like, I love him. And I love, I love, love, love his character in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. But like, I, I okay. So if, if we're talking like, you know, how Matt is always like, oh, I'm the, the, um, oh, fuck. The guy from Loser. What's his name in real life? Jason Biggs. Oh, Jason Biggs. Yeah. If I'm like, Matt's like, I'm the Jason Biggs. You're like, I'm the Jason Siegel with my Dracula musical. But like, I'm so surprised I'm not like I'm the Russell Brand, you know, like I'll just know with the, the weird accent and the years of sobriety and the really dry fucking humor. So what does that make Katie? Is she is she is she Mila Kunis or no, is she Paul Rudd? No. Yeah, I was about to say she better be fucking Paul Rudd. <laughs> I guess I'm a personality guy. Right. I don't know. Maybe personality does a lot for looks because I think he's gorgeous. The only thing I, I that stinks about this movie for me is just putting myself in it. I'd be the first to go. And I and, and oh, me yeah. and Jade had like a full on conversation the first morning. And sorry, Scott and Katie, if you're getting to know me too well, Matt can attest to this. The first morning, I would fart. 
and that would raise their attention, right? But then I wouldn't be able to not laugh. And it would just be me holding in laughter until I can't anymore, and then I'm just done. That's how I'm going out in the Oh, good, right. Right. Let's be honest. The entire Kelly family tree would be gone on day one. <laughs> you know, I also have to mention something. Megan is the reason why Katie is on the show ever. Because she was oh. like, when we were looking for a third, she was like, you need a woman. You need a female perspective. And I was like, honey, you know, they're, they're, we don't really, there aren't a lot of women that, that listen to our podcast or it's a lot said, of dick well, and fart jokes yeah. <laughs> and, and i was like well there's this girl katie and she's like have her on an episode and and i said well okay and 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 i think that we had been talking to i had been talking to her at least about maybe coming on a regular episode and then you wanted to do it and and i was just like well katie why don't you come on and and so we can thank my wife for that there we go sure <laughs> uh but all right so We've got uh, one more thing that was sent to us uh, before we go to these last few clips uh, from Simon Finn. He listed his favorite episodes, so I want to address these because we got clips from most of these movies. Some of them have played already, and uh, a few of them will be playing shortly. Uh, but he said his favorite episodes, number three, Bloody New Year for it revealing Scott's lingerie fetish. Uh, number it's two was stockings. It, it's whatever. stockings. <laughs> number two, uh, the Wraith and Killer Workout. So, so... Basically, he has a top five list that he listed as a top three list. Now I'm looking at it. Uh, and then number one, Chopping Mall. Uh, Katie's observation that I completely missed watching the movie about how bad the security must have must be to have fucking robots with lasers patrolling a mall. Uh, great show. Uh, Hall of Fame, obviously, is The Howling 2, slightly outside of last year, though. Really should get the lifetime membership of every list because it is a fantastic episode. And we don't disagree. We included a bunch of clips of that with, with Burger. I feel like that was, if if I could only send people one episode with Burger on it, I would send them The Howling too because that was just top notch. Uh, yeah, but and he it, has, it, it holds up. I was listening to it on the way back from Mania, and I don't re-listen to our episodes very often, but man, that episode, <laughs> that episode is the best way to, to remember Howling 2. It's not to rewatch it. <laughs> It's just to listen to our episode about it. So he wants to know, what do you think the mainstream horror movie of the year will be? Um, thinking of movies that are getting a lot of buzz prior to release and do reasonably well in the theater. Uh, so he'd said like A Quiet Place, Hereditary. Uh, so obviously I haven't seen Hereditary yet. Uh, I know Brian and Scott have. By the time this comes out, I will have seen it. Um, but right now, all I really know is A Quiet Place. Uh <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to twist their arm enough to get them to do an in theaters now on the Meg in which Vin Diesel fights <laughs> a giant shark, but like, I'm pretty stoked about that. And really I, th based on the trailer, I think that the Halloween sequel Halloween. has a really, really good chance of being like a sleeper surprise. Is it's Vin not Diesel in the Meg? Surprise, man. Is it, who is it? It's, it's uh, Jason. Um, they are interchangeable. How dare you? Are yeah. you kidding me? Like, just because they're both bald? You just compared Crank to the sitter. The babysitter. <laughs> yeah, but don't forget that Vin Diesel also is a very good voice actor, and he's 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 Groot, right? Yeah. He might he's be Groot. Groot. He's Groot. He's the Iron <laughs> Giant. Yeah. He's, Vin Diesel's done a few good things. No, he, he loves He loves D&D &D with a passion. You've never oh, so had me. You never had your car. He sucks. 
<laughs> yeah, Matt doesn't watch the Fast and Furious movies, though. He watches uh, I watched Fast Five, and it was fantastic. <laughs> I watched the first one, and I said, I don't need to do that again. Yeah, Fast I've never watched any of them. He was also yeah. in Triple X. Yes. Uh, he was in Pitch Black, which is a very good oh, movie. He was Riddick. Man, actually, someday when we do a, a, patron, a Patreon uh, watch for, um, for Chronicles of Riddick, man... That's going to be a good one because I love yeah, that film. It says he's the voice of a finger in The Fifth Element. But... A finger? It just says finger. I don't know what that is. <laughs> Who knows? Who cares? Oh, man, that's hilarious. So what do you – I mean, you guys saw Hereditary before me. Do you think that that's pretty much going to be the mainstream no. horror film of this year? Or no, do you think that there's is, something else? Absolutely it is not. not going to be the mainstream horror film. It is – absolutely an art house horror film um halloween is going to be the film i mean i don't i saw the trailer yesterday and i i don't even care if i'm going to love it i know that it's going to be a huge mainstream success because Mm -hmm. it has it has 40 fucking years of momentum behind it yeah and it's going to be good even if it's just better than rob zombies which is not hard uh it's going to be a huge event it's going to be a bigger event than stephen king's it last year yeah. Let's yeah. talk about let's talk about that trailer for a second cuz we're not ever, like we're not going to get a chance to for at any time. We don't really talk about the news on this show anyway. That trailer I like I was like I don't know how I feel about this Halloween thing. Like it could be and like I watched that trailer with just a smile on my face. Like I was just like this like hearing the music, seeing kids in costumes running around outside on Halloween like all of the things that make me think of like being a child during Halloween time are mm-hmm. in there. And it just was like, it just looks like they got it right. Like Bloomhouse is such a like 50, 50. Tonight is tonight is officially my night. Well, obviously not tonight when this is released, but tonight when we're recording is my official night where it's going to determine if I have any faith for um, Halloween. Cause as great as the trailer looks, I'm seeing upgrade tonight. And that trailer looks awesome. And if Blumhouse, if that sucks, then it doesn't. Yeah, I I don't. Oh, you saw it. I haven't even seen it, and I know that it's great. Katie saw it. She said it's awesome. It looks awesome. The only thing I didn't like about one of the comments when we posted it was someone's complaint was like, "Okay, so this is taking place from like the actual Halloween's." They're trying to uh, veer away from like the supernatural. He's uh, he's about sixty years old. How is he able to do this? And my um grandfather my pop-up Stan is 90 just had heart surgery and i wouldn't want to fight him uh he is a very (laughs) strong very strong very scary polish man that has just survived war and yeah Yeah, he wouldn't (laughs) let me carry the air conditioner from the basement to his bedroom the one day he did it yeah Yeah, i'm like yeah i can do this like no like he, the he day I let like, one of you little pussies carry my I, air conditioner, I mean, the day I fucking die. Yeah, it's like basically that attitude. He does not want anyone to do him a favor. He can do it. Yeah. Um, I, I also brought up something that I never thought about, but like, because people are a little upset that they're getting rid of the Laura Strode is Michael Myers sister thing. But like, the more I think about it, the less that twist makes any sense to me. No, <laughs> anyway. I that. But here's a question. Are they saying that? I know that they're saying that Halloween four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, however many, uh, everything after H two, right, is 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 no longer canon. But in H two, she's having those 
flashbacks in the hospital. I think I think it's literally from what I understand, everything after following the first movie okay. is retconned. They're that's, not even part two. That's fine. Like, that's how? How? Because part two is literally, I, I mean, I guess, but that just sucks because part two is literally the end of part one. Right. It's it, one long it, movie. Into it. Yeah. It, it is, but I think they're going to just go. I'm willing to bet that we get some type of scene oh. where after mm-hmm. he disappears from the ground that he gets caught. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just like he gets caught and put into the same asylum. Because like, no, no, no. In the trailer, they say something about Donald Pleasance blowing him up, I think. I mean, you can okay. count, cut that out if, if, if wrong, but it doesn't matter. We can conjecture all we want um, about that. I mean, it's I am, probably have, definitely going to be the next in theaters now. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, no question. Yeah. I do, yeah. I do hope they do do something like that, though. Like the, um, <laughs> you said doo-doo. <laughs> but like the, um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, the one from a few years back, whether you liked it or not, I really did like the idea that the beginning of that movie is the girl jumping in the back of the truck, and then it just picks up right from there. Um, I didn't see it. Is it is it worth watching? I I enjoy. I mean, it's like one of those things where um, there's just so what there's there's the first three Texas Chainsaw Massacres, and then there's just so much dog shit that this one I would, I would argue that Leatherface is also dog shit. Watch it Leather, again. Leatherface it's is absolutely <laughs> Leatherface. One hundred and ten percent depends on which cut of the movie you're watching because there's like fourteen cuts. Oh it's God. a lot like it's a lot like Halloween six, where like certain versions of Halloween six are better than others it, just based no, on the editing. No, no, no! Don't even try and give me that shit. There is no copy of Halloween six, The Curse of Michael Myers, that is good. I was pissed. I I own all the Halloweens, and I was like, I have to buy this Blu-ray, even though I already have it because I need the producer's cut. And it was worse than the original <laughs> cut. Yeah, the the Paul anybody that doesn't know the Halloween series like we do, that's the Paul Rudd one. Yeah, um, and they didn't even. Which get I remember the trailers it. for. That was the first Halloween trailer I ever saw. Mm, I never saw it. I I remember the trailer distinctly because it was a grandmother telling the story of Michael Myers to a little girl, and it would just like splice clips all over the place, and it would play it in like the middle of the afternoon on like Nickelodeon. I was like, that's a weird choice. <laughs> <laughs> so here's a couple clips of uh pretty much the clips i have left over and we'll be back for one last thing i didn't watch the one movie you told me to watch i did watch a movie called werewolves on wheels which was very very interesting (laughs) oh wow (laughs) because they weren't on wheels until the last minute of the film (laughs) (laughs) would you suggest me watch the very end of this film because it is on youtube in full I mean, I watch the whole thing. I, I buy these shirts off this guy that does a lot of horror shirts. And I noticed when I was looking through my Shutter account that one of my shirts, the one with the werewolf on the motorcycle, um, was the cover for it. So I watched it. And it's not like arcade bed. Like, it's terrible. But you're just, like, very confused the whole time waiting for something <laughs> to happen. And nothing happens. And, like, to make the ending, because I'm going to spoil alert for you. You don't have to watch the movie. They burn the werewolves alive because these motorcycle guys become werewolves. So they burn the few alive and then get away thinking that they're killed. But then the werewolves get on motorcycles and chase after them, which would be a surprise ending if the name of the movie wasn't Werewolves on Wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. I see it happening. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Oh, these werewolves look like garbage. Man, this is bad. (laughs) 
And there's like one of them is wearing a, a wedding dress or something. Yeah, one of them's a woman. One uh, of them's a woman. But why did she have a wedding dress on? Did they get married? No, like I, it was well. She she got married to the devil. Um, <laughs> oh, well, that makes sense. That's all. <laughs> so they they show up to a. Um, there are these tough bikers. They show up to a satanic church and they start yelling at it, like "Come snort coke with us." Satan was a direct line. Um, <laughs> and these monks come down, offer them these uh, to drink out of a gauntlet, no questions asked. They were very trusting and just drank it. And then they passed out. And then the girl got married to the devil in this weird thing. They sacrifice a cat in it, and she's the actually the first werewolf. And then few more come about so, so how do you become a werewolf in this movie do you have to like stick your dick in the female werewolf or they 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 actually don't really say um you have to marry satan to be the main werewolf and then some guys got killed and then some guys just happen to be werewolves as well um there was no there was no point to it there was there was really no point to this movie this is absolutely why I don't watch horror movies from the 70s anymore. Because they're just, yeah. they're so stupid. It's not good, but I love it. Because they just realize that they're making a bullshit scene and they love it. And so he goes, Vivian, Vivian, you taste so sensuous. And she, go, and she goes, you're so sexy. And Martin goes, I know. And then she goes, oh, Martin, touch me. And he goes, where? There? And she, or no, he goes, where? And she goes, there. And he goes, where there and she goes yes there and i'm like who's on third base <laughs> meanwhile the the zombies just march off to where they're supposed to perform and they perform for this talent scout who is just like so over the top with how much he enjoys the band like like he's like it's like the equivalency of like he's like holding a chair and like banging it and he's like yeah <laughs> Cancel all my appointments for the next month. <laughs> like, like <it's>, it... <laughs> well, the fact the fact that bothers me is there's a whole subplot and and song about statutory rape, and then the thing that makes me more yeah. uncomfortable is the song about statutory rape isn't terrible. It's like a very <laughs> it's like a very catchy song. And so it's Eva Braun, and there's this awkward Hitler sex scene. Oh my god! Wait, wait, wait! I have a line. Uh, first of all, she's like, "I don't know how." Uh, I'm like, "Okay, old people screwing." And then, and this is before I realized he's Hitler. But I'm like, um, "This is this is a phonetic pronunciation of what he says." Because Eva is like, um, "New Year's I don't know Eva. how you can... <laughs> Eva. <laughs> uh, so so they're laying in bed and they just finished banging and um, they're all sweaty and he's disgusting and. She's like, I can't believe that you can still have sex. And he's like, Easter vitamins, schlaparuna, zinc, and lysine. And then their midget kids come in. And we've not yet mentioned the fact that the the guy that's not from Sabrina the Teenage Witch has like a weird face mask on. And it doesn't really articulate at all. So he just looks like a kid in a mask at Halloween. Yeah. And they come in and they're like, they want to watch. and And then... Adolf Hitler goes like, no, no, that's terrible. That's so wrong. And then Eva Braun goes, was wrong with Sivaj? <laughs> and then he's like, okay. And so the midget kids watch no, you, Hitler and Eva Braun have You're sex. missing the best line. He goes, they're so cute. How can you say nine? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> 
and then he escapes from prison and makes it seem even easier than than Winslow did in Phantom of the Paradise because it's just but, like but a house. Like, He's just running out of a house. Yeah, and then there's this dog, and and he's like, and he grabs a stick and throws the stick like that dog's body language just like. This is my favorite day ever. <laughs> I bet you have treats somewhere in that hospital gown. And the guy's like trying. He's that that dude. The guy who plays the Invisible Maniac. Ha, uh, spoiler alert: He eventually does become invisible, Animaniac. But uh, he he's just giving it 110 percent this entire movie. Like his laugh is insane when he grabs that briefcase. He like holds it over his head. He's like, ah, briefcase. Ah! <laughs> so so the best part about that scene though is not just the dog loving life, but it's that they've overdubbed the sounds of hundreds of barking dogs. But there's only <laughs> one dog in the scene. <laughs> one dog in the scene. He throws the stick. The dog goes for the stick, and then he gets maybe ten feet higher on this hill and is just like I get it like that one stick has distracted every dog that's gonna come after him it's just they're all brawling for that stick we're introduced to Divine and like it is the most insane introduction because we get everything we need to know about her through three voice messages on her answering machine Yeah, and it's like, and her dad is apparently Red Fox. <laughs> from Yo, have you called your mother? <laughs> <laughs> well, and then there's like the other guy who leaves a voicemail, and it, it, like, okay, I will admit right now, this is probably a more racist version of the voice than it actually is. But it's just basically like, "Yo, girl, I heard you and boy broke up. Give me a holler." <laughs> like, <and it's> like, <laughs> Everybody wants to bang her, like. <laughs> Given she's an attractive woman and she's an accomplished author, but it it broke my suspension of disbelief at this point when everybody was like, "Dear God, I must be inside you." <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was like, "What a what a weirdo who does that?" And then I realized that this movie was back then, and like in our day, it's Facebook, and I've done that a lot of times. <laughs> via Facebook message. You see a relationship status <laughs> change, and immediately just like, "Hey, girl." <laughs> how many times this is this is a question for listeners how many times has b kelly sent you a Facebook <laughs> message that says i want to be inside you you don't have to answer that <laughs> you know they always say if you're gonna make a good movie don't tell what's going on show it and this movie yeah. has to explain everything from sexual attention to what's going on <laughs> even when she got the phone call the guy who answered says hello yeah we'll send someone over so you got a bug problem? <laughs> You're the exterminator. I have a bug problem. First, she she hits the wrong floor and ends up on a Biohazard album cover for a second. Ah. <laughs> yeah. so every thrash metal. Dudes in gas. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? And, and this is like just shows how Canon just doesn't understand <laughs> movies. Because like I get what they're going for. Like you do like in a horror movie. You, you creep around the corner and then a cat jumps at you and you're like, oh, that's not a killer. I jump. So their their way of doing that is to have a guy with blood on his face. Then they <laughs> rip on her I, shoe I, I and then it comes up and it's just a cheeseburger with the comical <laughs> amount of ketchup. And why is she looking all shocked? She can see the fucking cheeseburger in there. Brian, are you familiar with Canon films at all or no? Yeah, you made me watch that documentary. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> well, here's the thing. And once again with the Canon uh, – 
fake scare is uh, <laughs> he saw blood dripping and then he said, oh, no. This is just a can of red. And no one questions, what is a can of red? And what is it doing there? Yeah, like, and, and he's a janitor. His fucking job is to clean shit. And he's just like, well, I guess that's for somebody else. Yeah. They don't pay me enough for this. Uh, so last night I watched Lost Boys for the first time in like, I don't know, 20 years. Uh, I thought you were going to say like a couple weeks because Lost Boys, how do you not watch that movie all the time? So it's, I, I honestly I remember it being a completely different movie. Not that it wasn't good, but it was uh, it was like more entertaining not to watch it for twenty years because like I forgot that like Alex Winter and Jack Bauer are in it. <laughs> uh, but the only reason it's worth mentioning is because I I was at Jade's house last night and me and her were watching it. So like we started talking about what the movie's about. So you already know I'm I'm not happy because I'm in a conversation <laughs> and. Um, she was like, is the security guard going to die? And then it cuts to the security guard dying. and uh, Or it doesn't cut to him dying. It just cuts to the movie. She said, see, told you. Which, like, predicting a death at the beginning of a movie, you don't deserve a fucking medal for that. <laughs> it's a horror movie. That's what they do. So I said, <laughs> so I said, uh, I said wow. Wow, you should be making these movies. She said, I would make them better if I did. So I said, Really? What would you do? And this was dead serious. I, I almost left her house because of this. She said, all right, so you didn't see him die, right? So he's going to show up later in the movie. And then when people are like, I thought he died, turns out the camera chasing him was a bee. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so Brian, you don't have any insight on this last thing, but uh, we put out a bunch of random old live episodes that mm-hmm. Scott and I had did at a at a convention like five years ago, and one of them is still like my proudest moment. Uh, we did a panel called "Will Ruin Your Childhood," and when I went to start pulling clips from this hour long episode, I ended up with almost seven minutes of. Just moments of Scott and I just like getting our probably the best off the cuff commentary we've ever had in our really lives. because truly to me I I I enjoyed having those conversations at that con but listening back I sound like a total d bag. <laughs> uh, well, we've got about six minutes of that for the listeners to decide. Does Scott sound like a d bag? I definitely sound like a d bag, but I love it. <laughs> so uh check it out and you know thanks for just like dealing with us for three years like uh you know i've been doing podcasting for such a long time and i'm a big believer in like if something doesn't work you figure out a new way to try to make it work so like horror movie night was probably i think it was the sixth or seventh podcast that i had attempted to do at that point and to actually have a show that people like and listen to and share and we can get like a thousand listens in a day on some episodes and like just word of mouth and having you know being able to travel to random cities and just meet listeners is so cool to me it's it's one of the the biggest perks of the gig honestly um i by the time this comes out i'll be getting ready to go to san diego comic-con i know that i've ran into some of you at san diego in the past 
do not hesitate. Come over to the Geekscape booth. Say hi. Get a picture. We'll talk. I'll talk your ear off, dude. Like, I love talking horror with people. So please do not be afraid to, like, pop over and say what's up. Um, Scott has been the the best co-host for this ride that I could ever imagine. Like, even though him and I don't agree on everything and see eye to eye with everything, like, the support system that I feel with him is one of the strongest support systems I've ever had in my life. And then to be able to bring my brother into the fold who I've loved and him and I have wanted to do something together for years. We, be it, like... We tried to do a band together. We tried to write movies together. We tried to do short films together. So to finally have a thing that like we're doing together and like just kind of continuing to grow that brother brotherly bond. Like I really do think that the rest of 2018 into 2019 just has greatness ahead of us. Um, and for you guys, I think that we're going to be pulling out some of the best content we've ever done. So thank you guys for listening. I'm not sure if either of you have anything else you want to add. I mean, just wait for October. That. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I, um, I don't, I never saw myself as podcasting. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I just, I fell into it, and um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have continued on if it wasn't for, for Matt because it's a good excuse to watch horror movies and talk with friends, uh, and just kind of it's it's a nice thing because as i've said many times i am pretty introverted uh i i go to work and that's about as much human contact as i need in a day luckily i come home to a wonderful person and uh you know i i'm never i'm never sick of of spending time with my wife but uh so but i i don't i don't love going out and and having conversations with randos it's it's fun at the time but it takes a lot out of me but I like having the structure of, okay, I'm watching this and then, you know, Matt Bryan and I are going to talk about it at this point. And it's always entertaining and it's energizing and it doesn't take a lot out of me and it's still social. So I, I love that. And I do really like the Facebook group because it makes me be more social than I would be otherwise. Um, well, in the community know. that we've built, like the, the fact that there are all of these people that like, we never I never would have known the Jersey Ghouls. I never would have known Stephen Bay. I never would have known Katie or any of these people who are legitimate friends in my life yeah. that I talk to on a regular basis. Like it's yeah. really fucking cool. And like you were talking about when we were recording a Jersey Ghouls episode recently, after we were done recording, like you and Steven were talking about like this side project that you want to do with be with video game stuff. And it's like it's really cool that we've built this community and like you're still doing your music and Brian's still like working on his video stuff and bringing that into the horror movie night forefront for the future. And like, I'm doing all these other shows, but like horror movie nights always home. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll, I'll it's do not the hard. Yeah. Like it's just, it's fun. It's, it's not hard when it's as fun as it has been. Right. And I'm not saying that we don't put in work. We put in the work, but it, I, I'm going to be honest with myself and you guys that if horror movie night wasn't easy, and doable for me, I wouldn't be fucking doing it. We're not making yeah. money doing this. It's just because we enjoy each other's company and we enjoy watching these movies, you know, and it's, it's something to keep us, it's something to look forward to, you know? And, and yeah. I look, I think I look forward to the episodes dropping every Thursday night, Friday morning, as much as the regular listeners, because I <laughs> one, I don't remember what we've talked about Two. <laughs> Matt does some editing magic to make me sound less of a megalomaniac. And third, <laughs> um, I, I still feel like I'm part of the community, not 
head of the community. You know, like we don't have fans, we have friends and listeners and, and there's a very large overlap of that. And I, that's, I wouldn't be doing it otherwise. You know, like I, I don't need it. I love it and I want it, which is the only way to do a, a passion project in my opinion. Yeah, I listened to a really interesting, I don't know if I'm going to listen to the show, but I listened to the first episode where they're doing a podcast called Good Morning Night Vale. Uh, oh, it's yeah. a spinoff of Welcome to Night Vale, where it's the the wife of the creator and two of the voice actors who have been there since the beginning. And each week they re-listen to an episode of Welcome to Night Vale and give like the whole story of like how the episode was made and and like the creation of the show. But his wife was saying like, it was really cool because for about a year it was just like, oh, one of our friends actually listened to the show. And then just out of nowhere, it was this thing that all these people were talking about. And like, we're obviously not on Welcome to Night Vale level, but there was this moment where it was just like, I don't know if anybody's going to listen to this. And, you know, three years later, you know, we have this giant Facebook community and we have these great numbers for for what we are. Like, we're not the number one podcast in the world and we probably never will be, but for a show that is three complete nobodies in basements hitting record on a <laughs> on a recording device we're doing pretty damn good for for the the reach that we've had and yeah. that's all because you guys keep sharing it and telling people about it and tweeting about us like this show's only successful because of you guys so yeah. thank you and Brian, you're new here, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, you're, you're getting me emotional. This is, <laughs> this is real heavy. This is not what I signed up for. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you say that every week, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, um, but I do, I do enjoy, I, I, I really enjoy doing the show, and I, it's actually weird because I, I, I do, do this show to have an excuse to talk to Scott and Matt, because um, as much as a horror movie fan I am. Most of the movies we recorded, I could have done without watching. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, it's not like yeah. I do the podcast so I can watch and talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night 4. Like, my life would be pretty okay if Silent Night, Deadly 4 <laughs> was never in my life. Um, but I, I look forward to it. You know, I look forward to getting my footing, and, and, I, and I, uh, I look forward to, you know, growing with you guys. Because I know that I'm sloppy still which I'm just a sloppy person. Uh, but, and I just said, um, in that statement. So you get it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Should I say this out loud? Yeah. Um, all right. All right. Take it off. Now, if only Anthony would just pull me off stage dog style. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, as you guys know, we're going to be on like a brief hiatus for a few weeks, but we've got a lot of great content for you. You won't even notice we're gone and then we'll be back in August. So stay tuned. It's it's my biggest issue with the Harry Potter movies is like, come on, by part six, why the hell is Harry Potter still shocked when something magical happens? <laughs> like, like something happens. He's like, <laughs> that was the most animated I've probably ever seen. The flip side of that is shit that you saw that was only in the TV version and every one of your friends thought you were shit, like batshit crazy. The octopus scene in Goonies. Has anyone ever seen the octopus no. scene in Goonies? No. If you watch the TV version, they fight an octopus with a boombox. <laughs> and, and there's a callback to it when they're like interviewing him on the beach and they're like, tell us about your adventure. And Dana's like, my favorite part was the octopus. 
And then you're like, what the fuck is he talking about? That's not in the real version. No, in the real version, he says my favorite part was the octopus. And then like, you're like, I don't know what that means. He must be making up shit, that crazy data. But there is a scene where they're like walking through the water and they're trying to get to the fucking pirate ship. And the octopus keeps grabbing uh, the mom from Raising Hope's butt with its tentacle. And she's like yelling at Corey Feldman. She's like, stop it! And he's like, I'm not doing anything. And she slaps him. And then this huge fucking octopus pops out. And he's tangling them all up with his, ante- uh, his tentacles. And Data swims underwater, takes out his, like, little Walkman, hits play, and it's like a Cindy Lauper song, and he shoves it inside the octopus's mouth, and all of a sudden the octopus lets go of the tentacles so he can dance away. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Not making it up. <laughs> it sounds like you are. That sounds like the most idiotic thing I've ever heard. Actually, Masters of the Universe is pretty solid. I mean... <laughs> What? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Listen, you are not old enough. I am old enough to have watched it when it first came out, and I was obsessed with Master of the Universe. That's what I'm saying. The movie Master of the Universe with is it Dolph Lundgren or? or no, that that is that was a piece of masterful cinema for like a seven-year-old me. All right, seriously, like. I'm not trying to debate you on it because there's no discussion. <laughs> like that. Rewatch it. Seriously, rewatch it and just put yourself in. Take away all the Marvel movies. This is actually much better to start the way that you think about the 1990 Captain America movie too. Take away all the beautiful things that have been made for us by Marvel and D- and Disney in the last like decade. In the last, yeah, yeah let's say ten years, because because uh, Iron Man is. Seven years old now. Yeah, and I think Spider-Man's like 11 years. Yeah, let's even take away Spider-Man, take away all the X-Men movies, take away all those awesome things. Good old, yeah, the good old 1989. And Blade, because this is nothing, yeah, I think it was 88 or something when when Masters of the Universe came out. There was nothing. There were no comic book movies. There were no, I mean, because... There were comic books about movies, because I have the Kroll comic book. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck doesn't count because it's too niche, and Superman doesn't count because Superman is... Um, it's, it's, not, it's not niche like Spider-Man was. I mean, technically, Spider-Man is much more niche than Superman, because like, my parents have never read a Spider-Man comic book, but my parents have definitely read Superman. So, <laughs> and there were Batman movies in 1990, but still keep in mind, that's 1990. So this is predating it by two or three years. The Masters of the we Universe did have, movie, We did have Adam West, though. Adam West. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, the, the best, the best, the best Batman. The best of the Batman. We're not gonna. Let, let's refrain from making that distinction until we see Ben Affleck. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Masters of the Universe? Yes, that movie was a piece of shit. No, okay. If you're watching it as an adult or even anybody who's not like seven. As a kid, you were just blown. Were great, but what happened to the special effects like budget when they made Skeletor? Because it looked like they just hit him in the face with a cream pie, put two holes in his eyes. Uh, <laughs> it works just fine for me, all right? Well, I've got the Cat in the Hat movie where the costume from Mike Myers looks like a cheap plastic cutout. I mean, doesn't that, isn't that the way it looks all the time? Like, <laughs> I thought we covered that in the last panel. The are you seriously worrying about the fact that the Masters of the Universe movie is not following the storyline from the comic book and cartoon? Like, who gives a shit? It's the Masters of the Universe. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. No, that's not believable at all. Okay, 
Pooch Hogs can't digest chili dogs. That's ridiculous. Where does he keep the coins? Okay, I have it on my list. Okay, go for it, because I think Labyrinth is flawless. Well, I have two qualms with it. Okay. One is... Not enough bulge? No, too much bulge. Honestly, that is not... That, those pants are not sexy. That is the like... greatest puppet that Jim Henson has ever created. <laughs> it's the pinnacle of his career. Would you say pinnacle? Like uh, no. Okay, so I, it's just it's it chews all the scenery. It, it chews more scenery than the dick in Bad Biology. All right, like it, it is. Batman and Robin. Oh, Have yeah. Have you watched Labyrinth recently? It, it is there's, omnipresent. Well, from there's, what I heard is that one's may can be every girl's desire. <laughs> but the thing is, is that he, there are tons of girls that are on fucking Instagram that'll man crush Monday and it'll be dick. You know, like... <laughs> <laughs> jabronis welcome to horror movie night jim we got a couple rules around here number one sun's out guns out and if it's lit we better see tip number two all female employees must have the label folds visible at all times number three feel free to pick up female gym patrons and bench press them because women are objects am i right rule number four the tape measure is in the change room for free use Pre's use them to measure and establish your dominance. And rule five, if any late, if anyone's late with their gym fees, they have to do a keg scan with some breast milk. If you have any dietary questions, please help it, hit up our dietitian Scott. And if you ladies need a massage, you can hit up our masseuse Adam. Now I'll be in my office doing blow and listening to Patty Smythe. So if anybody needs me, enjoy your stay here at Horror Movie Night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let me give you a little synopsis of this film. All right. First Hit of all, first of all, we got we got Rhonda, right? Rhonda. She well before before we meet Rhonda, we got this chick. You don't get to see her face, right? She looks like she's a she's probably a dime. I don't know. I don't know. I would I'd have to see her at the club, right? I give her so, an eight, and, and at least an eight. A hard. Eight. Yeah, yeah, hot eight inches. I see what you said. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, high five, oh, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You know I take her right back to my mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> Mom makes the best meatballs, man. Mom, oh, don't even get me started on Mom's chicken parmigiana, man. It's my yeah, yeah, favorite. Yeah. She yeah, puts, you got the marinara sauce yeah, on she it. She puts that extra marinara sauce. She puts it on the pressure cooker. It's fucking delicious. Holy it's fuck. a fucking <laughs> the, it's the best. Mom's <laughs> the best. If I could marry my mom, I fucking would. But I gotta go out with these girls. These girls, they think they're gonna be in movies. They go to the gym. I go to the gym. They don't look anything like me. Anyway, this chick. If anyone this is chick, still listening most, to this, I would be shocked. This is the most obnoxious <laughs> fucking thing we've ever done. <laughs> You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 